Hi, this is Rachel Fisher. And this is Desi Jenikin. And we host the Hollywood Crime Scene Podcast. We're really excited to tell you about the best Christmas ever on AMC+, where every day feels like Christmas morning. From new holiday favorites like Elf and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to modern and iconic family classics, you can spend the holiday season opening only the good stuff. And with new series, episodes, movies, and fresh content arriving every week, AMC Plus is the gift that keeps on giving all year long. Sign up today at amcplus.com. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Hello, welcome to Golazo, the Mexican football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn, and joining me this week is Manu Vett. Manu, how have you been? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Happy New Year, by the way. Uh, kind of, Happy kind of slipped, New Year to you too. Kind of slipped through on the last podcast I, that we just did um, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> true, it's true. Um, we it, we've had a busy evening, haven't we? But a busy evening, and we've actually got no games to report up. Yeah, but, but there's there's still plenty to talk about, right? But but Bryce, Bryce, one of the leagues of the big leagues that we're covering is coming back. Coming it back. is so it close, is. so close. I can taste it. Like it's almost oh. there. It's like it is. It's almost there. It's this weekend. It's this weekend. this weekend. I'm oh. so happy. Oh my word, it, amazing. To, to be fair, it, it maybe because it, it's over the festive period uh, for us, uh, and you've been busy uh, back home seeing family, reporting on, on German football games and whatnot. It, it, it seems to have went in pretty quick, actually, this time, which obviously I'm happy about. Yeah, it did kind of feel quick. I mean, it is a shorter off-season because of the World Cup, right? Um World, Russia World Cup coming up and same same with the, the other big league that we're covering, the Bundesliga is coming back, uh, not this weekend, the weekend after. So um, even the leagues that we have, um, you know, a lot of people that listen to us are English, of course, and they'll be saying, with the what? Break? We'll play right through. You know, four games from Christmas to, what is it, January 1st? Um, a lot of leagues don't That's do it. that. Uh, a lot of leagues um, are a lot more Catholic and don't play. At this time of the year, <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, as, as as a religious country or as a Catholic country as yeah. Mexico may be, they, they they just love their football as well, don't yeah. they? It's, it's a love of uh, of the game as well, and so obviously you and I are happy for it. You know, uh, yeah. we we get to reap the benefit, I suppose. Yeah, and it's it's exciting to have the league come back. I think there's we're gonna talk, of course, um, about some of the fixtures, right? Because we have some some interesting games to, to kick off the Clausura. And uh, for those of you that listen in for the first time, um, this is technically the second half of the season, but we are starting afresh, my friend, because Mexican football is awesome and they have a championship twice a year. Yes, they do. They have, well, if you've not tuned into it before, um, there, there's people that obviously when it's the start of a new campaign like this, um, whether you know it's the Apertura or or the Clausura, I'm always trying to get people interested in it. I feel that you know, especially um, 
my side of the world, you'll be in over in Europe. Uh, Manu is obviously most of the time based uh, in Canada. Um, I, I'd like to try and promote it a little bit more because it's not well enough known just how entertaining the league is and and how they do things a bit differently. And if if you need any explanation, you should probably uh, listen to our very first podcast where we uh, explain it all. But yes, they have uh, they more or less play each other all once the first half of uh, this the season or the first half of an a regular calendar year uh, in Europe, and then they have a, a finalist uh, after a knockout phase, and then they do it all again come January, and here we are. We're about to start Clausera, as it's called. Um, it's British English for closing stage, because the upper tour yeah. is the opening stage, and the Clausera is the closing stage, and technically speaking, there is um, a Super Cup and a Super Championship, right, in the summertime, but it's more like a preseason kind of thing where the, the two champions of the two half-seasons play each other to determine a champion. But it's more like a Super Cup. Like, I guess what's the equivalent in England? The, the, uh, there is a trophy like that, the Super Cup trophy. Um, we have, of course, in oh, Germany, the, the DFL Super Cup in Germany, but there is one in, in England as well. The, the Charity Shield. The yeah. Charity Shield. So it's the equivalent which, of that. Which the... Yeah, that's it. And the, the Charity Shield is, uh, well, a lot of people would say it's a glorified friendly, but I, I think people are that eager for football to return that they all tune in anyway. Uh, but it, it's not, I mean, if you win that, it's it's not really seen as much importance. And uh, in Liga MX, it's um, it's not really seen as the, the main uh, the the main uh, final of of the uh, the calendar year, or the, the the most important game, is it? Which is a little bit surprising, mm. uh, but it, it's more about getting to uh, the Apertura or the uh, Clausura final, really, and, isn't it? And, and at this stage of the season, because we are at the second half of the season, which means it's also the Concacaf Champions League playoffs are starting in March, right? Which are fairly important for Mexican sides as well. So that's that's something that's going to kind of take part in this half season as well something that we're going to co cover quite extensively as well on this podcast yes most certainly uh, we, we've got plenty to talk about today even though we haven't got any games to report but that will all change in a few days time won't it um so i suppose um let, let's take a little look at the uh, fixtures ahead uh, this weekend manu is is there anything that um uh, your your eye um, is is drawn towards uh, fixture list. Is there anything you would like to uh, to point out to people uh, and for any particular reason? Yeah, um, I am excited about Monterey versus Monacas. Yeah, it's going to be a very good game. The two sides met each other, of course, in the close uh, upper tour playoffs, right? Semi final. Bryce, correct me if I'm wrong. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think that's going to be an interesting rematch between the two. Monterey, of course, heartbreaking end of the season. Such a dominant side, uh, most dominant side in, in Mexican football for half a year. Um, and we're one penalty away from winning it all. Uh, Aviles Hurtado, of course, hoofing it into the Monterey night sky uh, eight minutes before closing time to, to miss out on the championship. Uh, for Monterey and instead giving it to the, the city rivals, Tigres, of all places. So, you know, heartbreak for Monterey, which was pretty much a perfect season, including the semi-final against Monacas. And Monacas are, you know, they, they were a side that were almost relegated at the end of last year. And we talk about relegation in a moment because it's a bit more complicated than in the rest of the world. 
but um, they, 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 they fought off relegation last year and then uh, have become sort of everyone's darling a little bit, right, Bryce? They have become a very good team since then. Very much so, yeah. That that's really, I mean, a little bit of a, a surprise package uh, in the last campaign. I don't think anyone really, um, well, maybe expected them to have the legs that they did, you know, that you know, we maybe thought that they would have dropped off. And, I mean, this is all after they were very closely uh, or close to being uh, relegated uh, the campaign before. Uh, we, we talk uh, quite highly, don't we, uh, about uh, about that final game. You know where they just managed to scrape a victory over Monterey, and they got into into the knockout phase. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, um, it, they seem to have gone from strength to strength. And I, I think you're probably right in saying that this is this is going to be a, a game definitely to tune in and watch. Um, it's going to be hard for them to take on Monterey. Monterey um, with their attacking power, you know, as we've seen in the last campaign, that they, they were just so good. They scored so many goals. They didn't concede many. And I suppose a lot of people thought that they were going to go all the way, apart from that terrible penalty, which um, kind of ruined it all for them, didn't it? Um, do, do, you give, uh, do you give Monacos uh, much of a, a chance uh, going into this, Manu? I mean, Monacos are a good side. And they, they brought in um, Sandoval. Peruvian uh, left back uh, in the off season uh, to, to strengthen the side further. There's some good good stuff happening there. Um, they also signed. I also brought back uh, Correro from Santos Laguna, who's gonna help them. I think uh, he was out on loan. Um, they haven't lost any players either. You know, there was a lot of talk that Rui Diaz could could leave. I think he was he was talked about going to Club America. In our last podcast, and we can now say with some confidence that that's not happening. Um, so you know they are still a very good side, and um, stuff is happening at at that team. And um, you know I wouldn't be surprised if they if they shock if they shock um, Monterey in this game. Yeah, I suppose we also have to be um, aware that they they may have some. Uh... A, a bit of a hangover, Monterey. You know that that yeah. can happen. Teams, you know, they can be a little bit hung up on on their feelings in the last one when when they were the favourites going into the final. I would have said anyway. Um, so that that might be a little bit of a, a, a tricky, um, yeah, a, a tricky opening game for them. Uh, both teams will be looking to you know get themselves off uh, on the right foot and get three points. Um, it'll be. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting game and a closely fought one. I think it's going to be closer than what maybe um, some would suggest, but um, I, I don't see. Um, uh, well, I, I, I wouldn't see a, an upset uh, being uh, being you know off the uh, off the table here. Yeah, I think the other game, Bryce, that we need to watch is Cruz Azul against Club Tijuana. Um, you know, something else that we, we, we're going to talk about a bit more in greater detail in the second half of the part is I think Tijuana now, you know, they, they, must have, they must have finally settled the squad because they made a lot of signings and a lot of changes ahead of the Apertura, right? And um, I feel that they will, they will probably start gelling now in the second half. Um, and Cruz Azul... And I don't want to give away too much, but I think they have made possibly the signing of the winter. Um, and one, I don't want to give away too much of it, but 
that could be something that will make this game really exciting because Cruz Azul could be maybe one of those sides that could surprise a few people in the second half of the season. Well, Manu, when you say they've made the signing off the uh, off the window, um, what signing are you referring to? <laughs> oh, I, say? Well, I kind of want to give say? Away. Yeah, we can say. I mean, it's, it's public knowledge. I would say that's Walter Montoya from uh, Sevilla, you know, 24-year-old um, right winger who uh, was highly touted a few just a year ago and just didn't get the playing time at Sevilla and has now made the move to Mexico. That, I think that's a player, that's the kind of player of a caliber that you don't often see go um, to to Mexico. So I, I'm really excited to see him. And, you know, Cruzers will have done some exciting things the the last, you know, the last season or so. You know, it's too bad that they, they had to make a coaching change bring Kahina. But, um, you know, they made the... They made the uh, Liguilla, and I'm pretty sure they will do it again. Yeah, as you said, I I think they're 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 a team going in the right direction. Uh, the only thing that that may possibly alter um, that is that the the coach change there. Uh, Paco Emenes has uh, went back to Spain, hasn't he? And uh, and it, it was a parting. It seemed like a mutual thing, and um, it, that may may. Stumble their progress uh, a little bit, I feel, uh, because they, they seem to be going in the right direction. I mean, they went um, nearly um, longer than anyone else. Only Monterey beat them in um, unbeaten um, for the longest period in the last campaign, which was something else. Um, and they, they started to add goals um, where in, in previous campaigns they, they just couldn't score for love or money. And, you know, it, I, I think this signing as well is, is only going to add to that. It'll be interesting to see um, how things go. Mario, you're going to have to help me out with the proper pronunciation of their new coach because every time I did it, I did it wrong. So how, how is it we pronounce it again? Kahina. Okay. Yes, that. Um, <laughs> I, I, he, I was thought, a, I mean, he was over Glasgow. Come on, you can pronounce it. Yeah, there's no way that they were pronouncing it right oh, up there. I, I, I guarantee I, you that. I wonder how dated with his name. <laughs> we need to get a Scott on here and do it for us. We'll we'll we'll, we'll try. If you're if you're a listener from Scotland, um, especially the Glasgow area, um, get in touch. This is your opportunity to uh, shine or for Manu to critique you. It's hard enough for a Northern Irishman on here, but um, anyway, away from uh, pronunciations, I I think um, I think he was uh, had a bit of a he had a tough time obviously in Glasgow, but unfairly um, dismissed. I feel because Rangers is it's hard for them in recent years. They're not quite the the powerhouse that they were. Um, he was going into a, a club and you know with a, a, an awful lot going on behind the scenes. It would it would appear and uh, they, they it's not like they were bottom of the league. You know, they were sitting in around third or fourth. Uh, they were probably just off the pace with the top of the league, but that that's to be expected. So I think he was a little bit hard done by there. Um, I I just hope that you know he can carry on the uh, the progress that Cruises all were making. It would be nice to see them become one of the uh, top four um, sides uh, once again, as they used to be, and they've they've kind of uh, fallen on the wayside of that. Uh, a lot of people calling out that they shouldn't be uh, included in that and that they should be replaced by whoever was um, challenging them. Over the recent years, there's been many a sides to kind of drop in and out of that top four. But yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, campaign for them. I feel that they've got all the ingredients to do very well. Um, I reckon they'll be in the knockout phase. Uh, how far they'll get, I don't know. 
Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to look beyond some of the big boys. Mm. Uh, Manu, and uh, we'll obviously talk about a few of the other fixtures as well, but may I ask, um, who's your favourite uh, for the close there? I mean, is it going to be one of teams that everyone would expect in Tigres, Monterey, or maybe even after that, Club America? It's kind of hard to look beyond Tigres and Monterey, isn't it? You know, those two sides. I, I think so. You know, I, I think I think that Club America. Yeah. It's it's even hard to see them maybe yeah. you know challenging those two, but with the knockout phase, you you never know. There's always a a fighting chance that somebody could um, draw with them in one, and then pip you know the men you know a victory maybe at home or something. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like those two sides have so much money, and. Um, it's kind of hard to, to to look at any of the other clubs, even Club America, you know, were half in there as the they did one of the grandes, you know, together with uh, Pumas and Cruz Azul, of course, and uh, Monterey and Tigres are not one of the grandes. They're not one of those traditionally big clubs. Um, I forgot Chivas, of course, Chivas, another grande. And um, Tigres and Monterey are kind of upsetting the social order a little bit, aren't they? With, with what they're doing and with the, the way they have built the squads and the, 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 the big name signings and, uh, the way also that they play football, very different, different ways that they play football. And it's, it's definitely interesting to see this northern Mexican town, Monterey, which is, it's a big city, but it's not, uh, Guadalajara or Mexico City, you know, it's not the biggest city. And it's, it's sort of on, almost on the border to Texas, uh, to the United States and to see them do what they're doing and sort of upsetting the social order is, is, is something really fascinating. Uh, I think what we're seeing then, uh, you know, Bryce, how often have we talked about the way Tigers and Monterey play football? Uh, to Antonio Mohamed with his very unorthodox, uh, you have the ball and see what you can do with it method and Ricardo Ferretti. Maybe one of the best coaches in the world who's not coaching in any of the European leagues, building something in Tigers that both those projects are just so remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I think I think it's absolutely fascinating um, how Monterey managed to win games. Uh, we've mentioned it on other podcasts. It was like, okay, you have the ball. As soon as you lose it, we're going to nick it, and we're going to be so lethal up front that we're we're going to punish you with it. And they'd absolutely pummel teams. You know, and barely have the ball. They'd have thirty percent of the possession, maybe even less at times. You know, and then you'd look at the shot counts. You know, and you know they'd, they'd not just be in double figures, but they'd be into the twenties. You know, and I, I think they were just very efficient when they won the ball back. I would be afraid um, if they were to get a few injuries, if that were to alter things. I, I think when we looked uh, previously at Chivas, you know who loved possession football obviously two different games that they played yes but um they lost a, a player or two and it really altered things for them wouldn't it and i'd be a little bit afraid of that and it would be interesting to see then how they would um how they would cope with that so that would be a real test uh for mohammed but um yeah, they're, they're looking at tigres and i absolutely agree you know freddy is one of the the best coaches out there that's not in Europe, 
Uh, and yeah. so I'm a little bit surprised that there's not more talk of these two coaches uh, maybe making a move that way. I, I would imagine that uh, it, it could be on the cards maybe in the summer. You never know. Yeah, uh, actually, this this is this is a really interesting thing because we're we're part, we're partnering up with but between the lines, uh, breaking the lines. Um, Pyh very well known for doing tactical videos. You know, breaking down players uh, on videos, and, and um, talking to the guys over there. They're always interested in doing doing projects and stuff like that. That um, are part of the Football Grad Network, and maybe you know one of these coming coming weeks, we'll get them to do us a, a video, a tactical breakdown of the two Monterey sites. I think, um, and then an article of it because I think it's a it's something that needs to be done. No one has done it. No one has actually looked at these two Monterey sites from that kind of perspective and really broken down the team piece by piece uh, and, and looked at it and what it could offer to European football because I think there's a lot there. Yeah, most certainly. Uh, I mean, we we talked uh, you know, as the weeks went on, you know, how um, fascinating it was because you know, be, being in the in the uh, well uh, in the line of work that we're in, you're going to look at the stats, you know, to mm. to get you know more information about the games. You know, it, even if you watch it, you you want to tune in and just get um, some finer details. And it it was phenomenal that just how often they had so little of the ball and, and how many uh, goals they were scoring. So I'd be fascinated to see that, and I think it'd be fascinating for um, for many of people that are even not that interested in Liga MX, but are are interested in tactics to kind of tune into that. And it might be something that we see um, happen. Uh, in the next few years, I mean, football goes through its different spells, doesn't it? Of possession football and then counterattack, and then oh, there's three at the back, and there's always a, a new fad that comes along. And it'd be interesting to see if that one was to um, it's interesting. get a bit of momentum. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I think Jonathan Wilson today, big big name journalist in in England, uh, of course, uh, you know, was very fascinated by tactics. Um, he wrote an, a piece today, I believe, in the Guardian saying the uh the very some development of of possession stats you know how people are becoming obsessed with possession stats and there is certain indications that some teams around the world and mexico you see with, with a few teams uh, monterey have done quite well with this actually sort of going against that in the bundesliga you see quite a bit of it too and um it's interesting that you mentioned that because we are obsessed with possession but we don't actually know if it works well, that's a you. You kind of think, don't you? You're like, if I had the ball, then I'm going to be in a better position. Uh, but I, I mean, a lot of teams um, get a well, a, a, a quite successful uh, time when when they don't have the ball, and you know they they then counterattack. And I mean, Monterey are the type of side that you know, maybe Mohammed looked at them and thought, you know, well, we've got a lot of rapid players here that can finish. Uh, you know, and if we sit high up the pitch, we're not really using them to their full potential. You say maybe if we just sit back, let them have it, and then we hit them, we're actually going to be more effective. And it it certainly worked, uh, and it was fascinating to watch as well. You know, it, it was always entertaining to watch. You knew that you were going to see several goals and uh, an insane amount of chances, and it was it must just be petrifying for those defenders that were playing against them to sit so high up on the pitch and just think, "Geez, I've." I've got to try and get back. I've got to try and get back forty yards, yeah. you know, in a you know, in a race with this guy, and I I don't stand a chance. 
You know, so it's it's quite smart thinking. You know, when you've got those players. I mean, if if you have obviously a big lumbering, you know, centre forward, you can't do that really. You know, you can play that long ball up to his chest maybe, but you know, you, you can't play that counter attacking football. And they had they had so much, um, you know, in that squad, you know, that was able to do that. That you know, he's clearly looked at it and thought this is the way that we can win games, and it, it was brilliant. And I I hope it continues. It would be interesting to see if many of the teams in the uh, in in the league MX could possibly figure out a way to combat that. I mean, what else do you do? Sit deep. Yeah, or you do this. That's all you can do. You do the same thing. I mean, when we when you look at the, we mentioned the favorites, right? We mentioned Tigers, Monterey, and Tigers did exactly that in the second leg. They they sort of gave, um, they sort of gave the ball to Monterey and said, "Well, good luck." You know, you don't, you know, you don't like to have the ball, but here it is, and see what you can do with it. And uh, they really struggled. So it seems like the teams are now realizing it's like, oh, actually, not having the ball. And um, having the right amount of the ball, you know, having it in key places in the field is, is better. And Ricardo Ferretti, tactical mastermind he is, he switched the side around in a way that they were able to do it. And that's, that's interesting that other teams are, are, are picking it up. And, you know, when you look at the, at the sides that we have as dark horses, you know, the likes of Cruz Azul, Tijuana, Pachuca, um, those three sides have either this window or already last transfer window brought in players with a lot of speed, right? And that is, I think, that's an indication that um, people are starting to pick up on that. Now, speed wins you games. This this is something that you see in a lot of places um, that are not, you know, in a lot of places where Guardiola does not coach right now, that uh, there sort of has become an understanding that you, if you need, if you need to, if you don't have, you don't need the ball, but you need to have the ball the right amount, and you have to have the ball when on the feet of very fast players that can break lines, that can go fast up the pitch, that can um, overwhelm the opposition's defense. Not, you know, when they're standing five meters ahead of the penalty box, but at the moment when they lose the ball while they're attacking, right? And uh, there is there is is a rule, and even ten years ago that rule was. When you gain the ball in your own end, you should try to finish an attacking move. And this is from your own end to the other side of the field in less than 10 seconds. Why? Because the average mind needs about 10 seconds to process information and adjust to the new situation, right? So when you get the ball really quickly and you sprint across the field and you are able as an attacking team to finish off that move, the opposition team that has just lost the ball, trying to come, trying, trying to come to terms with the new situation, will not have the time to set up defensively, right? And Antonio Mohamed identified that, and it's interesting that you know when you look at Tijuana and Pachuca, what they have done, and Pachuca is is a side that really struggled, right? And they bring they brought in uh, a couple fast players to sort of address that, and it it shows you that that's something that's catching on. Yeah, it certainly seems to be, and it's it's quite interesting. I, I mean, it's just interesting to see the different uh, different trends in football when when they uh, they come and go. It's it's always exciting to see something new, and it's it's always uh, very interesting. And let let's see um, how many of the other sides maybe in the league 
and then maybe further afield from just Mexico, start to take this approach. Eh? I think we're going to see it a lot more regularly, especially as you mentioned about that Jonathan Wilson um, article. That would be interesting to uh, to check out. But getting back to uh, Mexican football and uh, coming up to the competition, um, Manu, who are you going to pick as possible dark horses um, this year? Maybe to win it, maybe just to go further than what you would have expected. Yeah, um, well, I mentioned Cruz Azul already because Mon- Walter Montoya, he is one of those guys. I think the big question is, Kahina, is he going to be able to sort of continue the project that they've started? And But I think Cruz Azul are a side that is recovering. And um, Pachuca, Bryce, uh, I think... Oof. Them, their their long hiatus of focusing on the Concacaf Champions League is over. Um, they have won it now. They've played at the Club World Cup. It wasn't the biggest success in the world. Um, that's by the way an understatement. But they have done some interesting things, um, and they have you know they have addressed finally addressed uh, Lozano's departure. You know Lozano is of course one of the hottest projects, maybe the hottest project in um, European football right now. PSV Eindhoven, Wenger, absolutely fantastic. And they lost him, right, in, in the summer. And they have sort of addressed that by bringing in a player that I actually seen personally play uh, many, many occasions for the Vancouver Whitecaps and uh, Kekuta Mane, um, a left left winger and, um, you know, and a citizen of the United States, although he was... He was uh, born abroad and it's a funny story that I have of him is that he uh, he's born uh, he's born abroad and he when he lived when he played for the Vancouver Whitecaps there's a little enclave a uh, little piece of land that's sticking out just outside of Vancouver and it's sticking out uh, into into the water and it belongs to the United States so when he when he played for the Whitecaps he actually lived there so that he would qualify eventually for a green card and US citizenship uh, which he now has um, because his dream is to play for the United States uh, national team. So he's left the uh, Columbus crew this winter to secure a loan, a, a deal to go to Europe or one of the big leagues in Latin America. And uh, he trained with Union Berlin and they seriously looked at him and Bundesliga 2 would have been a good step for him. Um, but then Pachuca came along and uh, they signed him. And I think he's he's going to be an interesting player. And I think he's he's going to give them what they have been lacking since Lozano left. No, that's a lot of speed and uh, that direct approach on the left wing to do it just to, to bring the ball quickly. Um, you know, the things that I just talked about to, to win the ball quickly and uh, manage the transition game, the quick transition game and get into, into the attacking half. Uh, I think that he will be a key for that. Yeah, they, they really need to, uh, to change something that it been a, uh... They've been really off the boil, haven't they? Since mm. uh, they well, since they became uh, champions, you know, I, th- I think they've got um, they've got a lot of improving to do there. Pachuca, they they've been they've been poor to watch. They the results haven't went their way, you know, for quite some time now. You know, it's 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 not one it's not it's not one championship. You know, it's 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 been a few actually. Um, I don't know. I I think the pressure is going to be on them there, um, as you said. Maybe with these signings they can turn things around, but um, a dark horse—I don't know. I'm not gonna say that they're a dark horse. Uh, Cruz Azul, I think that's a great shot. I think uh, Tijuana, uh, Monarcas, 
I would love to see them above. Uh, that's that's a good shout. Monarchs are a good shout. Um, I, I mean, I'd love. I always say I'd love to see Atlas do something special, but I I don't know. I think it'd be a step too far for them. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I, they've got. I mean, if if Ravel Morrison um, can crack on a little bit, you know, and and they can keep um, Marquez um, on the pitch playing uh, and we can hear less about these antics uh, off the pitch I, th- I think they could stand a chance because they started the campaign last time so well and they finished it so well it was just that middle period when there was a lot going on off the pitch that you know really um really upset it's it the, the flow there and um i, I you know if, if they had just a, maybe not lost as many games during that period you know, they, they would have sat a little bit higher up um, you were in, in the competition. And I don't know, may, maybe, why not? Why yeah. not Atlas be in there, you know? Not, not a bad shot. They also made a big signing. Yeah, as well. They've, they've been busy. A few of the sides have been busy. And um, I just, yeah, I think why not? I think why not? Uh, is, there, is there anyone else that we can possibly say they might have? I, I feel... Um, actually, we we before we even talk about maybe the other end of the the table, how do you feel that Chivas are going to get on this time? Oh, that's a big question mark for me. They haven't done anything exciting that would make me see them do better. Um, of course, that that very same squad also won the championship not that long ago, right? And um, Liga MX is such a funny beast that you can be good in one half of the season and terrible in the other half or the other way around. So maybe the biggest surprise package? Uh, maybe? 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 Well, may- maybe we to- know that they've got enough in that squad to um, produce um, you know, a, a bit of a run you know, and a, a, t- a title challenge, but last year was, was so poor. <laughs> like it, yeah. it was one of the worst drop-offs we've seen of, of, of uh, a reigning champ. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I personally, I personally think uh, we'll have to wait and see with them, Bryce. I think they have maybe the best coach, one of the best coaches in the league. Um, of course, there's a league with a lot of good coaches, so it's hard to say he's the best. But um, why not? You know, a bit of a recovery and um, things can be a lot better. So why not, Chivas? Why not? I mean, I, everything is always possible. It's it's a league where where there's so many surprises and um it it's kind of like everything kind of gets turned upside down. Although I feel someone has to bring something very special to the table to upset Tigris and Monterey. And I think one way to maybe upset Tigris and Monterey is that Tigris maybe more so than Monterey that Tigris might say we finally want to win the Concacaf Champions League. You know, we finally want to get that international title that we've never won. And they might put all the eggs in the Conquer Cup Champions League basket, especially as we highlighted last week. Uh, there's tough, tough competition, not just from the Conquer Cup Champions League this year. Uh, there's not just tough competition in the Conquer Cup Champions League this year from the likes of the, the Mexican competition, but there's a couple MLS teams in Seattle and Toronto that, that could finally break the Mexican deadlock on that competition, right? And so therefore Tigres might focus a bit more, which then would open the door for someone to come in and upset the upper card. Um, although Monterey will be likely that team to do so. But, um, you know, we haven't, we have mentioned Tijuana, but what do you think of Tijuana? 
you know, because they've made a lot of changes and they've really suffered in the apertura. Um, but you could you could sense that something was coming together at some part of the season, and maybe just maybe now with half the season under the belt, this very newly assembled side that has a lot of talent, uh, including Juan Iturbe, who they signed from AS Roma, uh, and Mila Bolanos from Gremio, maybe that side could finally bring its full potential onto the field. Yeah, definitely um, strong additions there, and I, I think it'd be good for the league as well. I mean, you know, Tijuana um, have. You know, I've played some great football um, over the last two years. We just have, haven't seen enough of it. And, yeah, I think they've brought in the additions that you could make them uh, just drop into that dark horse category that, that we mentioned. Um, I do think that it's it's going to be down to Tigres and Monterey, just like you said. And uh, Tigres are going to have that possible distraction, um, you know, at, in the CONCACAF. But... That probably leaves the door open to Monterey. I hope it's not the case. I would like it to uh, surprise us a little bit more, if I'm honest. And I would like it to, to surprise us a little bit more than it being maybe one of the top four sides, uh, unless it was Cruz Azul, and that really would shock us all. But, um, you know, if it wasn't America, if it wasn't Chivas, if it wasn't one of the Monterey sides, um, that that would just be great entertainment. And it would probably do the, do the league um, some favours uh, as well. Uh, not that it's boring in Liga MX, not at all. But um, I, I think um, I think that would just add to the excitement and the uh, the madness uh, there. And you know, it's, it's, some of the other teams haven't had success in a in a while, and uh, I think it would be uh, quite refreshing. You know, I'm always rooting for the underdog. I, I always like that kind of story, eh? Yeah, absolutely. So, but uh, Manu, I, I feel that we at, at this point we should probably, um, unless unless you can think of any other dark horses, maybe Nakaxa. Ooh, that's an interesting shout. Never know, never know. That's but a, um, that's an interesting well, shout. Yeah, Nakaxa, Nakaxa have also done some interesting stuff. Yeah, they've they've made quite a few signings themselves. So I don't know, but. Let's uh, let's talk about. <laughs> I think uh, we, if we if we talk about dark horses, we could probably go on for a while, to be honest. But yeah. let's talk about the other side of the table. Um, so, I'm sure if if you're a regular listener, you will know that the uh, relegation battle isn't as easy as you finish bottom and goodbye. Um, it, it's more done over three years, three seasons, um, not even three campaigns. Uh, but it, it, it's based then on your average points. Yeah, I, I know. It can be hard to keep up a little bit. And yes, you have to go online sometimes and look it up as to who's who's in the sticky um, situation. But we've got it in, in front of us here, uh, Manu. And so how do you feel it's going to go? I mean, things are not looking good for Veracruz. You know, they're down there. They're, they're say, eight points. Sorry, just doing my math. Um, they're eight points adrift at the bottom. So they really need to have a strong campaign. They need Kertaro, uh, and they need um, the likes of Puebla, even Atlas. Uh, I suppose maybe a step too far, but Santa Laguna. They need all these sides to have a pretty poor time, really, don't they? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously Lobos. It, it can only be based on their single campaign yeah. that they that they had last year. So but point average. Point average, yeah, for them. point average, yeah. So, but they 
they had a strong enough start, didn't they? It, it wasn't too bad for them, so they would have to have a, a, a bit of a, a shocker, I think, uh, in, you know, in this uh, next uh, few months, you know, for them to uh, drop down to any level like that. But uh, it's, things are looking like an uphill struggle for Veracruz. I want to make some type of a joke about the sharks and um, keeping afloat, but I, I'm not witty enough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got me laughing. And, uh, yeah, but actually, we're pretty easy situation, except for, I mean, if, as long as Lobos does what Lobos does and, uh, collect points, we, um, we're in a fortunate situation that we do not have to use average points from the last three seasons because that's how it works. The team with the lowest average points from the last three seasons will get relegated. Um, thankfully, the, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 team, which are the likely relegation candidates, right, have played the same amount of seasons, which means we can actually take the point total. And um, it's kind of hard seeing Veracruz finishing this half season with eight points more than Carataro, you know, because that's what it basically would take, or 30 more points than Puebla. Um, in case Carataro have a very good season, um, or 30 more points than Atlas, or 60 more points than Santos Laguna. It's, it's tough. Even, you know, if even, let's say, Lobos go uh, and drop and have a horrid season, Veracruz have to, in the next 17 games, Veracruz have to collect points, uh, three, two points more on average than, uh, Lobos. That's tough, man. That's like basically yeah. every time when Lobos draw, uh, every time when Lobos lose, Veracruz basically have to get a point every single time. Yeah, right? unlikely. It's it seems unlikely that Lobos will drop down into this kind of category. Um, you know, so yeah, it's hard to look beyond Veracruz as the likely team to get relegated. It's last year; it was a lot more traumatic. Um, the relegation process. We didn't. Monarchs were in it until the last second, you know, of the campaign. And uh, Monarchs, then the readers scored the the game-winning goal and had won him the the goal-scoring crown. Got his side into the playoffs and has kept his team alive. And uh, I mean, literally alive because uh, dropping down uh, the Jaguars that went down last year. Um, they they had to basically stop playing for a year to get their finances in order because it's a huge drop down into the Asensio. And um, yeah, Veracruz uh, in in trouble, um, especially as it seems now seems that a lot of the second division sides are getting their house in order to meet the Liga MX requirements to play and get a license. So uh, it looks like the teams that will go up will be good enough or have the right infrastructure to play in Liga MX and get a license. So Veracruz are are definitely in trouble. Yeah, things are looking grim for them. Uh, Jaguars, um, uh, again, I was trying to be witty, thinking of uh, an extinction kind of joke. <laughs> uh, sharks extinct. Anyway, never mind. But, um, yeah, it's it's not looking good for them, is it? Um, I, I think um, it would be a shock if there's any other outcome come the end of the uh, this particular uh, campaign. And I suppose the other sides in and around them uh, should be thinking um, obviously we've got to do well enough or better than them uh, this campaign but also looking forward 
you know, they're going to be dragged back into it unless they have uh, have a pretty strong outing again. You know, Kertaro, they've they've got to be careful that if Veracruz go down, then they're maybe left in this situation this time mm. next year. You know, so they're going to have to be um, a little bit careful. They're going to have to um, start to pick up like a few more results. You know, they they've been pretty tough watching, if I'm honest, in yeah. the uh, the last. Uh, Last twelve months, um, so yeah, unfortunately, there's there's not as much to discuss in that area than there is um, at the uh, top end, is there? But you never know; strange things happen in Liga MX, and exciting things happen. So let's move away from uh, our predictions. Uh, let let's talk about uh, some new stars. Um, let's talk about the new uh, Monterey uh, signing, uh, Manu. What can you tell us? Um, but I know that I'll pronounce it wrong. I pronounce all these wrong. Ureta. Ureta. Yeah. It, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's because he has a short name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should we make you pronounce the full name? It's, I don't oh. know. Oh, Vizcaya. Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. Ureta Vizcaya. Yeah, that, I'm going to say that that was good. I would, I wouldn't have even known where to begin with that. You know, it's, it's, you, Ureta sounds fine to me. It's so difficult to pronounce that even in Spain they shorten it. Yeah, well, well, I m- must say that this is another great um, attacking signing for for Monterey. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, yeah. anytime uh, you know, I'm looking on uh, my app, um, you know, my, my statistics app, he's always there with highly rated performances. He's there, you know, um, you were the assists, you know, he, dribble rich, you know, he's he's an exciting player, isn't he? He's he's been in in, in Mexican football for a few years now with uh, Pachuca and uh, I I think this is this is a good signing and they, he's the type of player that I think is going to fit in just fine at Monterey and just strengthens them in that attack even more. Yeah, how where are they going to put him? <laughs> I don't know. But we we seem to ask this months ago where they're going to put players, and they managed to make it work, and they they were absolutely devastating. So why not just throw another one in? Yeah, right? let's, let's just <laughs> throw another attacking side in there. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the most potent attacking side in the league. You think they looked at their? Oh, that can't be. They, they, they you know they must have looked at their seasons like. Oh, we were so poor in attack. Maybe if we had that extra forward, that would have gotten us across the line and won the title. Yeah, if only we had another a- attacking yeah. player that's good on the ball going forward. You know, at a rapid pace, especially on the wing. Oh, I know what we'll do. And yeah, they, they've. <laughs> I I would like to say they've come up with a solution, but there, there was no real problem beforehand. Yeah. I mean, um, he's an outstanding player. Uh, I think. Um, he. he He's one that likes to have the ball at his feet, uh, and he likes to run at people. And uh, I think they've they've got a fantastic player there, and uh, it, it's a great move for himself as well. I, he seems to have jumped ship with Pachuca, and Pachuca could be strong this campaign, sure. But um, the last few have, have been poor, and he's he's been one of the uh, star performers in a in a rather uh, dismal side. To be fair, though, Bryce, um, Pabon, who usually plays there, is more of a central forward, uh, you know, on the 4-3-3 on the right wing. And uh, Orita is maybe the more natural in, uh, you know, natural inside forward in a 4-3-3 on the right side. So maybe it actually makes sense that they brought him in. Not, again, 
not that the site was weak by any means. I mean, well, they... well, it's saying that you know we we looked at um, previously, didn't we? Um, you know their defense and Monterey were very strong defensively as well. Yeah. So it's it's not like that was a weakened area that they they should be focusing on, but um, uh, yes, I I think it's just that we we like uh, we like that they just decided to bring in another attacking player, you know, and it's 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 just going to be more entertainment. And, and this is a, another signing that's just going to make it even more likely that they're going to um, they're going to really well stake a claim to be a champions uh, and probably will be champions if, if I'm going to go out on, on a limb but it's not much of a uh, it's not much of a bet I wouldn't get great odds if I mm. put money on to win it would I sadly not no sadly not you know you could try but I'm pretty sure that um, a large percentage of people will bet on them <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I give money to the bookies on Monterey they'd give me even less money back when they won yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I think that it's an exciting signing, and I think uh, the Monterey fans could be uh, rather rather pleased with that one. So, um, you know, just the the more difficult one is going to be who's going to score the most goals and who's going to get the most amount of assists. There, I suppose. Um, let's talk about you. You mentioned earlier about Atlas uh, making a new signing, uh, someone that you might be a little bit more familiar with, lesser so myself in Angelo. Henrique, Angelo Henrique. Close enough. But he's come all the way from Dynamo Zagreb. Uh, what type of uh, player are, are we looking at here? Oh, surprise, Bryce. He's another Chilean. Um, you know, just when you thought uh, there's no more room for Chilean players in Mexican football, there's there's this guy popping up. Oh, he's actually. It's the equivalent of having attackers at Monterrey, Chileans in in Liga MX. <laughs> That's <laughs> that definitely true. He's um, he's not unknown for a lot of English listeners. Um, actually, in fact, you know he's he was former teammate with Rafa Morrison at Manchester United, and um, you know once was a one of the one of the bigger prospects in uh, Chilean football at Universidad de Chile, and then he moved to Manchester United. He was sent out of loan to Wigan. Um, you know how uh, how often is that these big English clubs, um, young players fr have a hard time breaking into those sides, and this was six years ago, you know, and he's twenty three now, so this was when he's seventeen, eighteen, and um, he had a hard time making it work in England, and uh, in the end, he ended up going to Dinamo Zagreb, where he was. Was very has been very good. Um, you know, the only problem with Dinamo Zagreb lately has been that they didn't qualify for the Champions League. So he was always guaranteed Champions League football, and um, I was hoping that that would lead to greater, better things in Europe, and um, it sort of didn't. So he, I guess, getting this offer for to go to to Mexico, uh, where he can become an impact player at, at Atlas, and I'm pretty sure he will actually work quite well. With Rafa Morrison, he's he's quick. He's a, he's a very good player. Um, as I said, there's a there's a very good piece up on him on on footballgrad.com. It's a couple of years old, but it's still very good. Written by an insider on Croatian football, and I think this is going to be one of the the best signings um, this this winter. Angelo Henriquez, and I think he's going to add a lot to uh, this this Atlas side. 
Yeah, very much so. It it, it seems like you know he's he's got the uh, like he's got all the right attributes that could help promote Atlas, you know, and and take them that step further. As we said earlier, if they can get that consistency this year, um, less off-field antics, uh, they, they they could be dark horses, and this could be a, a good signing. And, and good for the player as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, league MX is um, a very well-supported uh, league, uh, so he's going to get some a, a lot of fresh eyes on him, you know. So it it could be a good thing for him. Um, so yeah, another exciting signing, and yeah, and it's it's hard to believe. I it, I completely forgot until you said that he um he originally signed for Manchester United, didn't he, from University? Chilean. That seems like a lifetime ago, but um, he's only 23, you know. So he, it, it's, he's still a young man, isn't he? So there's lots left uh, in his career. But um, yeah, let, let's move on then. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Pachuca as well. They've brought in someone new in Kakuta Manu. Kakuta Mane. He's the Vancouver. I'm glad somebody else is here to yeah. sort me out. <laughs> He's the Vancouver player I mentioned uh, earlier, Bryce. In the, so, the so someone could you be quite familiar with? Yeah, I've, I've seen him many times play for the Whitecaps, and he was at Columbus Crew. Uh, he, we, the Whitecaps traded him to the Columbus Crew and hoped that he would resign because if he had resigned, he, he would have gotten um, a number. Vancouver would have gotten a number one draft pick out of him. Uh, he didn't resign and, um, as I said, went briefly to Union Berlin and tried out with them. Berlin didn't keep him and, uh, Pachuca took him. And, um, I, Kikuta Mani is now a U.S. citizen. So he, he would play, like to play for the United States and, uh, playing regularly in, in Liga MX will certainly help his cause. He's very fast priced. He's one of the fastest players I've ever seen. Um, sometimes, doesn't do the doesn't make the right decisions with the ball you know his his quickness doesn't lead to the right conclusions sometimes so that's that's an area he will have to work on but i feel like pachuca addressed a lack of speed um that they had uh, in bringing in king kutamani another exciting signing and one that will be um well it'll be um good for the league i feel as well and, and good for the club um Let's talk about Pumas, a side that um, obviously you have a soft spot for, but they have had a terrible few campaigns now. Things have really been quite poor for them, but they've signed a defender, haven't they, in Alejandro Arribas. Hopefully they got that one right. From oh, a deep, wow. deep I'm impressed. Room. I'm impressed <laughs> you got that right. I was about time ago, one on right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they've brought in um, a, a centre-back, and really that this is an area... Well, I think they, they have many areas that they need to work on. But, um, yeah, the the 28-year-old uh, Spaniards, you know, um, has has a bit of experience, isn't he? And I, I feel that this is going to uh, work out quite well for them. Or it will have to. Uh, I mean, this is this could be the, the kind of thing that could work out well for both sides because he hasn't played very much in La Liga this year. Um, played 23 games last year, so, you know, there is experience there. Played 31 games the year prior. Um, it's just this year that it didn't work out so well. And he played for Sevilla before that, uh, including the Europa League. And we all know what Sevilla does in the Europa League. Uh, they usually win the thing. Um, so, you know, lots of experience. 172 games in La Liga, Bryce, at the age of 20, 28. You know, so there's, there's someone coming in who could maybe 
stabilize the situation a little bit, a little bit at least, because um, Pumas remain a bit of a project in my opinion, and I'm not sure that they have done enough um, to rectify what was a horrible uh, first half of the season. Yeah, they've they've, they've had some terrible times they in leaking goals and and not scoring goals and they 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 need um what feels like quite a few um, additions there but this can only be a a step forward for them um one final signing um to to speak about is gabriel uh, ecuadorian or signing from the ecuadorian sign independe del via uh, going to lobos manu do you know much about him i'm, I'm gonna be honest i don't i just don't yeah thankfully bryce we got uh we got Nico in the in the football road network, and uh, despite chatting twenty four seven on WhatsApp, he actually knows a lot about football and uh, a lot about South American football. And he's he's written a couple of very good pieces on uh, Independiente uh, Deval on Football Cidade, and um, they're they're a good side. They reached the the Copa Libertadores final. Um, not this season, the, the the season prior, and uh, and he was part of that squad. So you know he's he's gonna come in for a lot of experience. Only twenty two, but Ecuador has produced some very interesting players lately, and I think this could be one one to watch, Bryce, with a player that, personally speaking, I don't know that much about myself. I just know the the side that he's played, and I watched Independiente de Val on their run to the Copa Libertadores final quite a bit um but other than that you know i i couldn't tell you too much about him but he comes from a team that has a pedigree of producing young and exciting players and um i wouldn't be too surprised if he could become one of those breakout stars uh at at lobos you know lobos will will play him a lot because they you know the, the type of side that they are they they are required to play young players um and, and develop players themselves Yes, indeed, you could um, surprise us all. We could, uh, in a few months' time, uh, know quite a lot about him, yeah. couldn't we? Um, and hopefully that's the case uh, for all those uh, Lobos fans. Uh, but, yeah, Manu, I, I feel like we've more or less covered everything today. Which, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, draw people's attention to uh, regarding uh, Mexican football? Well, it's starting on the weekend. That's That's just... That's just so exciting. So um, maybe we should pick. I guess we kind of did pick a game of the week, but uh, if you each pick a game that people should absolutely tune into um, on the weekend and say this is this is it, this is the game you should watch. Uh, yeah, good good show. Let, let's we we talked about um, Monterey and Monaco's. Let's skip that one then. Okay. Um, so. I'll let you go first. Why not? I'll, I'll be kind. Uh, what game would you like to point out, and um, um, why is that? I would. What a big one will be, of course. Um, Toluca against Guadalajara. I think that's going to be a, a fascinating game to watch for the very reason that we pointed out earlier to see which Chivas side is going to show up. Are we going to see the revivals of Chivas or is this going to be a team that's going to continue to struggle? And Chivas are one of the grandes that um, we have to keep an eye on, you know, to see whether the championship last year was a fluke or whether they just had a bad half season and they're back in it. Yeah, most certainly. I, th I think that's a very valid point. And 
uh, if you're in the UK, um, it, that'll be on at six o'clock on Sunday. So one of the kinder times yeah. to us. Uh, the, the one I'm going to draw people's attention to will be uh, Cruz Azul um, at home to Tijuana. I, I think that could be a, a really good game. That, that'll be the Saturday night game on at 11 p.m. Check if you're anywhere else but the UK for those times. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think these are two dark horses as we mentioned. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Cruz Azul get on with uh, their new signings and new coach. Um, Tijuana, I suppose, uh, Jolos, uh, for the, the same reason um, or similar reasons. Um, I, I think this game could go either way, if I'm honest. Uh, it depends if Cruz Azul, as we said, um, are able to um, continue on in, in the direction that they did in the last campaign, but uh, maybe add a few extra goals. Um, but if, if changing, changing coaches has upset the apple cart, then then maybe not. Maybe this is a, a chance for Cholos to uh, to take advantage. So I'm going to uh, draw people's attention to that one. I, I feel we've been quite kind anyway for the UK um, viewers because otherwise you're going to get midnight games, mm. 1 a.m. 1 or, or 3 a.m. Uh, these are the games that um, are going to be a little bit kinder for you to watch. And after maybe a day of uh, football, European football, you know, you'll be able to tune into these if you haven't had e- enough already. And we can guarantee there's always fireworks in the GMX. There's always entertaining games, exciting games, lots of goals, and, you know, it's surprising decisions. So um, we, we can only um, say, as we always say, do tune in, give it a chance. It's, it's, it's worth checking out. But I think that more or less does it, doesn't it? Mm. I'm, I'm just excited to get um, back to watching the games and see, see what happens. See how many goals Monterey can score the, this uh, campaign. And that's going to be uh, entertaining. But um, Manu, yeah. what would you like to draw people's attention to? What have you got going on in the, uh, the coming days? Yeah, um, you know, Bundesliga is not kicking off till next week, so we're gonna slowly but surely we're gonna track a bunch of the transfers. Some of it is already tracked on fußballstart.com. There's new articles coming up on Football Cidage. I think Nico is working on a couple pieces, so check that out. That will be at Football Ground Live. And, uh, personally, I'm working on a big 1860 story, so uh, I'm spending my last week in Munich uh, hanging out in Giesing. The, the home of 1860, speaking to fans, uh, speaking to some of the, hopefully to the club officials. I'm trying to line that up right now. And, um, if everything goes well, this article will be published in the Howler, um, the American equivalent of the Elf Freunde, um, later this year. So yeah, that's, that's my end of the Munich trip project, uh, so to speak. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's very exciting. It's a very exciting. It's, it's, it's going to be a big article too. So, um, we look forward to it. I I know that your time in uh, Germany is coming to an end, but will you get to any other games while you're there? Yeah. As part of the article I'm doing as a charity friendly between 1860 and Kemi Leipzig on Saturday. And, uh, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be at that game. Um, I'm hanging out the first half of the fans and then the second half at the press area to get some voices and et cetera for the, the article I'm doing. Because, you know, as part of the article, it's it's more of a uh, social project. Uh, you want to sort of uh, understand 1860 and its place and its time and where it is located and the, the, the part of the city plays a big part. And so I want to talk to people that regularly go as well. So I'll be spending one half of the fans and one half uh, in the press box as usual. Oh, very exciting. Well, good luck with it. We'll definitely... Uh 
be tuning in and uh, reading that. You're always exciting reading your stuff, Manu, but um, the Howlers are a very exciting and uh, entertaining, well-made magazine as well. So um, I suppose I don't have too much to draw people's attention to. If you're into Bundesliga and German football, then I would say definitely check out uh, the podcast, which should be out rather soon. Uh, we recorded it just before this. Um, German football will return not for another week, the week after uh, Liga MX, but um, yeah, just enjoy the football this weekend, guys. Give Mexican football a chance if you haven't already. There's exciting times ahead. Um, apart from that, that more or less does it. Thank you very much for tuning in and enjoy the games. Vamanos! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.